Rugby League Back Chat is sponsored by TotalRL.com. Hello, welcome to this week's edition of Rugby League Back Chat from the LD Nutrition Stadium in Featherstone. As ever, we have plenty to talk about this week and three very special guests to do just that. Joining us this week, we have Castleford Tigers prop forward, Will Maher, the football manager of Featherstone Rovers, Steve Gill, and all-round rugby league legend, Craig Hubie gents, thanks for joining us. As I said, we have loads to get through, don't we? Um, I think we've got to start, Steve, on the comments made by Emma McManus uh, regarding the referee Rob Hicks at the Challenge Cup final. Uh, without, well, paraphrasing him, I know, but basically said it was very hard for him to be impartial because of the publicity stunt that had taken place before with uh, the chief executive of War Warrington. Carl Fitzpatrick and uh, the fan who'd sent him a death threat. Um, just first and foremost, to get this conversation going, what did you make of those comments? Well, I know all three people personally, so I, there's a lot of integrity between all the three, whether it's Carl, whether it's Robert or Eamon, and I don't form, I, I don't form a minute, I never even questioned me or thought about why or them decisions went against St. Helens. I think sometimes you've just got to be careful and not let emotion run away with you. And uh, but I wouldn't question either, either of them tools integrity at all. Mm -hmm. That's how I stand on it. And Craig, the decision itself, I think the vast majority agree it was a mistake, but is it unfair to claim that a referee could not possibly be impartial given circumstances beforehand? Uh, I, again, it's a tough one, I think. You know, he's, he's probably missed one decision and uh, it's, it's cost him or hurt him in the game. And um, I don't think a, a ref's would even think of being impartial. I think he calls it how he sees it. And mm -hmm. sometimes, you know, we're only human, aren't we? We all make mistakes. And he's, he's made a big mistake there, aren't he, by not, not sending that one up. And, um, you know, it, it hurts, but you've just got to get on with it, haven't you? Well, in, in full honesty, what do you make of the standard of refereeing? Is, do the players think that the refereeing is bad? A lot of people have issues with refs sometimes before games they'll see a certain referee and they'll complain but if I, in, in my opinion I'm not that bothered I don't think they affect the game that much I'm just concentrating on how I'm playing and they'll make decisions rightly or wrongly and you've just got to roll with it it's it's a tough job in my opinion I've I've coached kids before and I'll ref their game and there'll be a knock-on and <laughs> I can't tell if it's a ball steal or a knock-on so I just so high up to see yeah exactly it's <laughs> <laughs> too thin up here and I, and I think like I say I just roll with it when it's like that and they've got a tough job and I just think sometimes you've just got to get on with the game like they can't have that much of an impact where they're going to lose you a game if you get it right and you're pretty squeaky clean they can't have that much of an impact on the game yeah. there, there is a process Matt after game the, the, the uh, when the coaches do the video analysis that they will actually you know get in touch with the guys at the RFL and explain. We we had to try disallowed against York, which would have put us into fourth place and, and more or less guaranteed top five. And then, you know, it, it got disallowed. He said he bounced it, video evidence showed that he, he actually scored it. You get on with it. Ryan just rung him up and said, look, you need to look at this. He's made a mistake. Let's move on. So why would Eamon make those comments? That's a question for Eamon. I, yeah, I, couldn't, I can't read into what he's thinking or why whether he's got some information or somebody's done some talking, I, d mm -hmm. I don't know. And uh, But like I said, uh, knowing Carl as I know him and uh, Robert, I, I think that the integrity would always be 100% with them too. Well, it did have an effect on this show because we were supposed to have Steve Ganson on, but for uh, reasons out of our control, we couldn't get him on this <laughs> week, which is a shame. Craig, if you, if you were a St Helens player and you saw your chairman make those sort of comments, what would you be thinking would you rather him not 
get involved in that or yeah i think i would you know what's what's happened's happened on it the the car change is the result um the car change is decision he's he's made that and it's a tough call but you just you just want to get on now they've, they've got bigger things uh moving forward you know potentially get into the to the grand final um so it, it's it's you need to just put it behind you, don't you? And and get on. And and the lads, the lads want that as well. The lads will, will want to forget about about that. Losing a Challenge Cup final is never nice in any circumstance. So I think yeah, they've got they've got bigger things on uh, on on the horizon. And I think moving forward, they need to concentrate on on the league now. And will do we just as a game as a sport? just need to stop complaining and worrying about what referees are doing. Because all I see on social media after every game, the referee were rubbish. He cost us a game. He did this, he did that. So we just need to just enjoy what's happening on the field rather no. than worrying about what yeah, the Yeah, I, I think you're bang on. Like what I alluded to earlier, you can't, you can't control what the refs do. You can only control what you do and what your teammates do. That's, that's all that really matters. And I think, like you say, you should just, just concentrate on your own performance, get that right, and the rest will take care of itself. And, you know, the refs just there. They should just really just there to control the game they're not the main part of the game the players are the main part of the game and that should that should really be all that matters what are they like to deal with on the field gents you 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 get to experience them in a different way yeah. to what we do as, as i've got older i found it a bit easier as mm. obviously more games you play um it, it's just easier to talk to them we're a bit younger and you can be a little bit immature towards mm -hmm. them and and that sort of thing but it's probably the hardest hardest job in the world, isn't it, being a referee? Because no matter what you do, you're always going to get some stick, um, you know. And, and the lads who do it are, are doing a decent job, aren't they? So mm -hmm. I think it, it's time that in in every sport, really, that you know the refs just need to be appreciated for what they do. Because if if they aren't there, then the game yeah. doesn't go ahead, does it? Yeah. Mm. Do you find them alright to do? If they could be more accurate with the ten, sometimes maybe if they're a little <laughs> bit shorter, that would be nice. Because sometimes that's the only time I ever hear anything from a ref is get on side. Yeah. I'm thinking I am on side. I'm trying my best. But other than that, other than that, I don't really have much dealing with a ref mm -hmm. apart from telling me to get me ten. I try and get me nine at least. Fair enough, um, Steve. Then the lads say we need to take focus off the refs. How do clubs try and lead that? Because obviously it's the supporters who are the main instigators of criticising the refs. Of course, we've seen club officials can do it too. But how do we stop this culture mm. of blaming referees for anything and everything? I, d I don't think you can. I, I look, if you go back years before social media, it were talked about in pubs, clubs, workplaces yeah. and things like that. And they'll always talk about referees. People will always look for somebody else to blame. That's just mm. human nature. That's something you can't get out of. I think I think it's a good talking point about referees. That were a forward pass. We've all seen them on TV. It were mm -hmm. a forward pass. Fortunately, they can't they can't go back and show. But there needs probably the Sky games are probably more intense on referees mm -hmm. than the normal Sunday game or the normal for Thursday Friday night game. So I think sometimes what we need to do is just hang back on Sky, not criticise referee, not slow everything down because at real pace everything's different mm -hmm. and I think Sky could help by that and by probably protecting referees just a little bit by not actually getting into all them decisions and looking at them slowing them down and mm -hmm. and what they've done and what they haven't done and I think Barry Mack and Terry do a real good job and just because they play and they understand and they just say look it's a real pace it's a good decision mm. I watched Ben Thaler on Saturday at Dover in Catalans I thought Ben were absolutely outstanding in his mm. game and what he did and we just got to get out of this culture of blaming other people blaming referees you know but ultimately if you're good enough on day as a team you'll win yeah and that's how I see it it's interesting this isn't it Craig because 
Sky do have Stuart Cummins in, and it's, this has been getting a lot of criticism recently. Them having him there and basically scrutinising every yeah. call. Do you like that? Personally, no. I think mm-hmm. I think the the people who work on there are, are knowledgeable enough to be able to um, say their views and and dissect the game how it how it needs to. I don't think it needs that extra opinion. It's just it's just adding something else on onto an argument. I think um, you know let the refs make the calls and and not having someone to a, a explain what they've done because I don't think it needs it. I don't. He, he's made a decision for a reason, and that's his opinion. Some the other guy, the other ref, might have a different opinion. It's it's just one of the things, isn't it? I think, and they need they just need to concentrate on the people who are knowledgeable about the game. Yeah, he's he's been a ref and stuff, and you know at the highest level. But I think it just needs. Do you think? The lads. Do you think, Craig, that when you watch Aussie games on a on a morning mm-hmm. on Sky and the commentators on there, they talk about the game and how the game's going. Yeah. We're still trying to educate people in, yeah. in our game why they've done that, how they've done that. And when you play game, when you see game, and a lot of our fans are very knowledgeable, they understand that, and it becomes a bit repetitive when they're talking about why he's yeah, done that yeah. and why he hasn't done that. When Aussie game, they get on about, they, they get excited yeah. about the game. And we seem to lack yeah. that excitement when we be, when yeah. we, when we commentate. When, and I, I love to hear Andrew Henderson, me, when when he commentates or when yeah. he did commentate, he's got a passion. You feel it in yeah. every game. Yeah. And that's the yeah. same with those. Those are all ex-players who've played at the yeah. highest level, who, mm-hmm. who are really knowledgeable and excitable about the game. Where you listen to Stuart Cummings, no offence, you, you you just lose yourself because it's it's not he's not talking with any passion. He's just on one level and yeah. and not been you know excited mm-hmm. about what's actually happened in the game. He's just mm-hmm. giving his opinion on what that ref's done. Wait, well, this is just moving this on slightly. Steve talked about a blame culture and. One thing I've seen a lot on uh, social media is people talking down the standard of the competition this year, despite the fact it's so tight at the bottom and there's so many teams fighting with each other. Saints have obviously been outstanding. Then there's that battle in between. People are saying it says that the standard's poor. Do you think that's unfair? Yeah, I think it's unfair. I think what you've alluded to before about how tight it is shows how good the standard is at the moment, Mm. how every team is competing. I think if you look, if you just look at the league and you look how tight it is, I think that just says to me how good the standard is at the minute. Mm-hmm. Just in terms of the competition-wise, there's no, obviously I know there's a bit of a gap between St. Helens and they've been outstanding. You can't yeah. you can't deny that. But then every, if you look at that top six, how close is that? And that's mm-hmm. that's what you want to see at Mex. They went, I think a few years ago, they wanted it to make it that every game matters. Well, at the moment, every game matters. Doesn't at the matter. bottom of that pile, every game matters whether you're going to get relegated or not. And at the top, it matters mm-hmm. if you're going to get in them playoff spot so mm-hmm. what more could you want from a competition where it's tight and it's interesting it's yeah. not it's not just oh this is a neutral game it's a nothing game mm-hmm. like games are getting moved about and put on sky because these are must wins yeah. and that that brings the entertainment factor and that's what you want Craig this this is a good question for you because you've been around the top flight for a long mm-hmm. long time you've seen the standards from from right at the start to where we are now how do you think it compares to maybe say 10 years ago, let's say, it's, to now. It's total, I think it's totally different. All aspects of it, the training's totally different, mm-hmm. a lot harder, you know, lads are coming through a lot stronger, a lot bigger, like, look at look at Will, like, mm-hmm. big, strong lads. And um, years and years ago, whoever were relegated or already be relegated by now, yeah. and people had moaned, that, oh, they shouldn't even be in Super League or, or whatever, and whoever's mm-hmm. at the top, top five's already sorted. Mm-hmm. So I think you're always gonna have that, that argument um, but I think this year's, you know, everybody's tight, and mm-hmm. even to last last week in the Super League, you, you're not going to know who's who's relegated. What about the caliber of player though? Are the quality the quality of players as high as 
they were or are they higher now? Or has um, it, it just changed? Yeah, I'd, I'd just say it's sort of a different sort of calibre, like um, people nowadays are more, a lot fitter, stronger, mm -hmm. faster. Um, you know, Luke Thompson for prime example, you know, yeah. prop who can, who's really quick, break lines, pass the ball, can, can do all around where yeah. back in the day, even now, if I'm at a break, I'm looking for, looking now <laughs> yeah. for something. I want to get rid of that ball or I'm getting yeah. tackled. So where he, we've seen he can finish, he can finish a try and mm -hmm. he's got, he's got the speed and the confidence to be able to do that where I think probably 10, 15 years ago, if a prop makes a break, he's, yeah. he's looking around for the nearest fast kid. So maybe just pushing on that then, Steve, are we, has maybe the athleticism of the game gone up, but some people say maybe the intervention, the off the cuff magic isn't as high as it was. Maybe the game's more structured than it was before. Is that, for, do you see it that way? I think way? that's down to individual coach. Mm. Um, mm. You know, uh, we've got a real good coach at Featherstone in Ryan Carr, and uh, we've probably done the same things week in, week out, and sometimes it's not even fluent, you know, mm -hmm. and uh, he'll be pulling his hair out. I, I go back to 2017 at Cass when we were probably in the same situation as. Uh, as St. Helens are now, we were mm -hmm. probably standout team. We didn't have many injuries that year. Mm -hmm. We had some injuries, but not as many as Cass have had this year, which has been been a nightmare. Well, aren't it really mm -hmm. with injuries? And you know they're still there fighting for fifth place. So mm -hmm. the calibre of young kids coming through is really good. These these young kids like like Will started at sixteen, Will seventeen yeah, when yeah, he came to Cass. Yeah. Craig started at sixteen and seven. They're now earning their stripes coming through mm -hmm. and, and winning games against against other clubs. Maybe not St. Helens, although I thought they did incredibly well last Friday night at St. Helens, losing before. And, uh, you know, they kept it really tight because I've been there when we've been thumped by 50s and things like that. So the young kids are coming through now. The squads are getting deeper. There's more quality in it. Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, it makes an exciting, I think, for the next few years in, in Super League. It's just people have got to be patient. But what you've got to find out is when you when you see all these forums, it's only a nucleus of about mm. twenty people yeah. all the time that seem to have a say on what's happening. Yeah. Or moaning and complaining. It's mm -hmm. whichever whichever you go on, they're probably the same names, same faces that complain and moan all the time. Mm -hmm. And that ain't bad in a in a sport of ours. That's very true. Just to wrap this up, we'll go back to Saints. You've played against them, Will, you know what they're like. They can be stopped because Warrington proved it. Yeah. Are they going to go on and win the grand final or not? I think it's going to be close. I really do. I always think the weather plays a big form in mm -hmm. this kind of year. It's going to get it's going to get colder. It's going to get a lot wetter, and mm -hmm. it's going to they're going to be proper grind games. Going to be set for set. Yeah. And it's going to be kind of a new wants it more situation. And skill sometimes goes a little bit out the window. Mm -hmm. And I think we're going to picking up some good form. I think Salford look great. I honestly think sort of the top six at the moment. I genuinely think mm -hmm. anyone could anyone could win it. And Saints, I'd probably say Saints are still the favourite at the minute mm -hmm. just on how they've been playing. And mm -hmm. even when it, if it came to a grind game, they've got players that can be outstanding. But I reckon everyone's got a good chance of yeah. winning this league. It was your tip, Craig. If someone's going to beat Saints, who would it be in your eyes? It's probably not a popular choice, but I think Wigan. Um, <laughs> what makes you say just, that? <laughs> just, just with how, how they're playing at the minute, I think they've got some great young kids coming through who's, mm -hmm. who's really stepped up with the injuries that, that they've had. Um, so yeah, I think I think they could, you know, potentially go on and win it again. What about Salford, Steve? No, I, I don't look any further than Cass. Never do, do. <laughs> uh, big game for them this week. Yeah, they're all big games. I've yeah. saying to everybody, uh, you know. <clears throat> Cascade in that top five, don't rule them out. And uh, I never look at any other result. That's only the result I look for on a Super League result yep. uh, on a Sunday or Thursday or Monday, uh, Friday. So for me, 
never on your club, Gas Tigers. Well, we're going to move on to the bottom half of Super League in the next part. Stay right here. We'll be back after a short break. Welcome back to the latest part of Rugby League Backchat. Don't forget, you can join the conversation too on Twitter at RL Backchat. So we're going to go from the top of the league to the bottom of the league, gents. It was uh, a big, big week for a lot of the clubs at the bottom, namely the Huddersfield Giants picked yeah. up that huge win over Hull FC. Will, you don't have to play any of the bottom teams now, so you can give your honest opinion. <laughs> Who's going down? It's a tough <laughs> one because you don't like to you don't like to bring anybody down, but. Mm. It's still, it's still close, isn't it? Huddersfield, that was a massive result for them. I was speaking to Dan Smith, who was previously of Huddersfield Giants. He says they always play well there. Mm. Seem to play well at FC and they've come away with a great win that puts them in a good position. KR have done the same. They've put themselves in a good position. So it's it's everyone's to lose and it's probably London's to, to gain. So I'd say London are at a disadvantage simply because the two points are shy of everyone else. So I'd probably say London at the minute, but yeah. they've pulled off some awesome wins this year. So you can't rule them out. I'm not ruling them out. I'm just saying... I'm just going by the facts and the stats that they're at the bottom of the league by two points and it's mm. everyone else's to lose. Yeah, they are though. They've got Wakefield and Hull KR to play. Mm. So it's well in their hands as well, isn't it, Craig? Yeah, I think, I think they've got Wakefield the last game of the season, yeah. haven't they? And I think they'll be probably pretty confident going into that if they get the win um, over Hull KR this week. And mm -hmm. I know they've, they've obviously beat them twice already down in London, so it'll be, it'll be an interesting game to see. And uh, I just think the points difference that they've got I, I'm just not sure if if they'll be able to recoup all that, and I'm not sure if they'll, they'll be able to get the two the two wins that they need. They're going to have to win two, aren't they? Steve? Yeah, yeah. That, that's the reality with the points difference. They're going to have to win the two, but yeah, it's I not out of the realms of possibility that they could not, do it. It's not, I, I, and I think as Craig alluded to, it'll be down to points difference if they do, and that's massive. That's like another mm. extra point. And uh, but I think credit away from Danny, uh, Danny Ward. He's done a fantastic job down there. They've been. They've been brave, they've been courageous, they've played some good football. And it's a shame, really, that, we, that if they don't go down, that we'll lose them to Super League. Uh, because I think Super League needs a, a capital team uh, to bring it. But I'd hate to see one of traditional clubs down as well, you know, mm -hmm. whether it be Wakefield or KR. OKR brings so much to Super League in terms of the, the attendances and things like that. Wakefield for rival between Leeds and Castleford. And of course, you know, Huddersfield, uh, just for Ken Davey, I'd hate to see him and, mm -hmm. you know, how much work they put in. and investment he's put into that club so it's a tough one but I do I agree with Craig I think if it does go it'll come down to points difference it's just on London and Danny Ward don't think anyone disagrees he's done a great job where does he rank in the Super League coach of the year talk Craig in your eyes I would still say he's up there I think when London beat Toronto last year um, everybody said there's no point they'll not do anything they'll they'll be relegated by whatever by early on Mm -hmm. And they've shocked everybody, you know. They beat us on first day of the season. Uh, then a couple of weeks later, they beat Wigan down there, mm -hmm. and no one, no one gave him a chance. And I think he, he's done a great job to even be in with a running of, of staying up, which which they still are. Mm -hmm. I think he's done a, done an absolute magnificent magnificent job. And I think Jamie Langley's same, who's, who's yeah. obviously down there helping yeah. him. Um, you know, they've put the faith in youth, and you know it's worked for him. Ian Watson being that as well, would he not, Will? Yeah, I'd agree. I just think both of those coaches, they seem like really good man managers. They seem like really genuine blokes. Like, And obviously they've got squads that might not. you might not look at them and think these are championship winning sides or these are going to be successful teams, but they both have been. Even though London at the bottom of the table, I'd still say they've had a successful year, mm -hmm. like what Craig said, from what people are expecting of them. And I think it's just they've managed to create within a group 
of people a really strong team just through a connection. They've probably just had something to, like a good driver, they've had something to work for and they've all worked together and that's, it's a team game at the end of the day and they've not had superstars in the squad but they've come together and they've put up some results and they've played some fantastic rugby just simply, I reckon, from them coaches mm -hmm. just being good man managers and creating a great environment for them all to, to play in and thrive in. And I think, yeah. Coming up to Super League, Steve, you mentioned that you wouldn't want to lose a traditional club. We've guaranteed 80% chance of a new name in Super League next year now, the top five sorted. Mm. You're in it, congratulations on that. Mm. What's your thoughts going into the championship playoffs? Again, the, the, the teams that's really shocked everybody is York. Yeah. I think Fordy's done a tremendous job. Uh, I don't think they've seen the work that Featherston have done as well in from start to season to where they finished. I think that, you know, that as a club, they've been brilliant. Uh, Mark and Dav have supported everything that they've gone through. Uh, Ryan's done a terrific job as well, but you know, there's Lee, Derek spent his money and fetched some key signings in at uh, back end. Uh, York went there with a weekend side and beat him at weekend. So Toronto, they they don't worry me as such because the intensity that Toronto play with is very hard for them to get up every week because obviously the the teams that are going over to Toronto can be weakened somewhat by visas mm -hmm. and work and things like that because a lot of these lads are still part-time. So they're not playing to intensity week in, week out. They're probably Featherston, York, mm -hmm. Lee are playing to in their own backyard. So going over to Toronto, I don't think phases anybody anymore. Uh, I think going to York phases anybody. Coming down here, I don't think any club will want to come down here because, mm -hmm. you know, it's, it's a bit of an hothouse is Featherston and uh, it can be very intimidating. So I think any of five clubs has, has potentially strengthened, uh, got the ability, if, you know, if they get on a roll, keep injury free uh, and everybody's accepted by visas to go to Canada then <laughs> then I would imagine what what's the latest with that because I seem to recall that this time last year when the qualifiers was around and Toronto said that they'd make sure that every player got a visa what's how are the clubs finding that I think they're finding it a lot easier this year okay. to be fair we you know we've had one or two problems and uh, and that's just down to personal players uh, conduct away from club at certain times in the careers so uh, and they have a strict it's nothing to do with the club itself it is down purely down to immigration and not and not Toronto uh, Toronto do try really hard to get everybody in uh, and, and like I said because they need that intensity it's no point in putting 70 to 80 points by somebody's second team because they can't the best players can't go over and uh, so it's just a case of uh, working at it hopefully it gets right if they're getting Super League, will they have the same problems? Probably. So, let's see. And just to pick up on what you said, so do you not think that Toronto will go up? I don't think they're favourites. Okay. I think I think the media portray them as favourites, and I think they, they would love to go up in terms of how it is as an international side, mm -hmm. but you know, I won't rule York out, Featherstone, Lee, or any clubs in top five, uh, as London proved last year, come will, from nowhere. Will, do you agree? Yeah, that's a good call. I just think I played York early in the year with Halifax and they were great. They were outstanding and I think a lot of sides will have underestimated them throughout the year and they've and they've come up trumps several times and you see what Steve alluded to about they've gone to leave with a weakened side and they've come away with a victory and I think that is down probably to James Ford and just what I said, probably just a real good man manager and just getting the best out of a group that might not be full of superstars but as a team and as a collective that can produce results and that's all that matters and it's playoff rugby at the end of the day and anyone can win I think same applies to Super League table anyone can win that and it'll come the same as that who wants it on the day and that's what we want isn't it? That we, yeah. we talked about it so much in past and now we've got it everybody wants to change it again yep. or seemingly want to change yeah. it mm. you know 
I think as fans watching it, it's, it's a great time to watch any club because you know you can go and beat anybody. Yeah. And that's what we always want to. We were the same at Gas in the early days, weren't we? Yeah. We know teams with no chance against and, and fans know it as well. Mm -hmm. And when we started building, because it, it, it didn't... What they've got to understand is it, it's not something that happens overnight building a team. Obviously, you, you, it's a something you, you you can't just say, let's go out and sign him, let's go out and sign him, because they're not available. You know, not money at will sometimes. Marwan tried it, didn't he, probably about four years back, and it, it didn't happen because the culture's not there. You know, if all these were like different people, you wouldn't put them on a train together, would you? Because, you know, you're trying to blend them into a team. So if they're all chemicals, you won't put them all together. What you try and do is try and get good people into a, into clubs, and sometimes you don't always make that decision right. But uh, if you've got 90, 95 percent of people who are good people and good players, mm -hmm. you've hell of a chance then come back end of the season. I'm going to pick up on something you've said there in a minute. Well, I just want to come to you because you played a lot of Championship last year. Yeah, I did. How far off now is the standard at the top of Championship compared to bottom of Super Leagues? London have probably proved it's. Not as far as it has been. Yeah. Where do you think it is? I think what we, well, obviously we got into the middle eights last year with Fax, and I think what we were talking about before, just the athleticism. I think just as the game goes on, you sort of get into that 50th, 60th minute, mm -hmm. and the standards seem to, we just seem to drop off our standards a bit while they kept consistent. Mm -hmm. We sort of, we played Salford, and I think, you know, Simon Griggs made a point that some of these guys are just simply a little bit bigger, a little bit faster, mm -hmm. and a little bit stronger, and that sort of made the difference. And I'd say I'd probably say skill as well. I'd say because and obviously with that athleticism, they've got a bit more speed, which contributes to the quickness of the game. They get the rook speed a bit quicker. They're a bit smarter with the wrestle as well, really. But in terms of effort and intent, I don't think there is much of a difference, mm -hmm. really, if I'm honest. But it's just that athleticism which contributes to the speed of the rook, and then obviously that wrestle and a bit of the skill that just kind of made the contributing factors to what the real difference is between mm -hmm. top-end championship and Super League. And Craig, when you've come up against championship teams, which will be against the norm for yourself, what, what do you find to be the key strengths of, the, of those um, teams? You know what, they're, all, they're always eager, they always want to impress and I think they always are willing to, want, well, wanting to make a shock mm -hmm. um, and you, you want to play against the best, don't you, week in, week out and with the middle eights, obviously been in with Uddersfield, um, we found like the first probably 20, 30 minutes of the game were probably more intense than what Super League is sometimes because of their wanting to impress and it's their chance to, to showcase what they, they've got and put themselves in the spotlight a little bit as well, isn't it? You know, not many championship games were televised either when and the middle eights were won a week and, um, you know, that the, they want to impress and that's what you want to do, isn't it? You mm -hmm. want to give your best foot forward and, um, yeah, I think there's some really good players, especially were you, were young you players. Were you at Huddersfield when Swinton beat him? Challenge Cup. Uh, yes. Did you play? No. Oh, oh, got that. He's got that one there. I think Alden went to OKR and beat yeah, they did. OKR yeah. and, and Featherston beat Cast down here uh, in Challenge Cup with, when Powley had Featherston. There's been a few this year as well. Uh, Bradford Bad, beat Leeds. Badder yeah. beat Cast. Six I, I actually back, played they? in the Fev Cast one. Yeah, um, that was my first game back, and and again that the atmosphere here was unbelievable. It was everybody Fev fans were just giving you it, yeah. and you're walking in thinking, "Oh no, what what's happening here?" And and it, it put you right off your game. And credit to them, they did what they needed to and played yeah. miles better than us. Yeah. We were awful. Which is the most intimidating ground to go to, gents? As as a Player going back, mm. I'd say Cass because it's that it is that close. Okay. And obviously, because I'd been there for a, a lot of years, and 
I knew the other side of it, and and I'd I'd, I'd not really always seen the other side of it because obviously you get the cheers and all the happy stuff. And you surely I, when, didn't get grief when, when, I, when you when went I came, back. I, I did get a little bit, yeah. <laughs> Um, and you it just you realise how tight it actually mm -hmm. is when you're going in the in the smaller changing rooms and not having much space mm -hmm. available to you and you're like, Oh my god, this is not very good this actually. <laughs> Welcome to the gym. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Will what do you think? I think here, if I'm honest, I've I've played here with um played here first game of the year last year with Fax and it was tough. Fed fans are very passionate and especially mm -hmm. when you've come off after your stint, I've had a few <laughs> choice words said to me that I probably can't repeat on air and I thought, wow, well, I'm, I'm in for it today. But I think we beat Fev at the Big Bash mm -hmm. last year and that was awesome because afterwards they were all congratulated saying, oh, good game. And I thought, that'll do. That's a bit of satisfaction <laughs> for the last time I was here. Fair enough. Steve, I want to come back to what you said about, you talk about how you built things up at Cass mm. and it doesn't happen overnight. It has been a little bit overnight here, though, this year, because your coach left very, very close to the season. Yeah. You brought in what's fair to say was a, an unknown to this country as your head coach. You've recruited on the fly, but you've still had success. So how have you done it? Because it's completely different to what you did at Castleford. Yeah, it's, uh, it had to be, really. And uh, it was just by, as we talk about agents earlier, knowing agents, what, which players available, which players will fit into our team and, and the culture that Ryan wanted to bring into the squad and, and managed to just pick them in at certain times. And also, you know, obviously with, with the Leeds connection, the, the Jewel Reg, which has worked brilliant for us and hopefully next year that, you know, that continues, which I'm sure it will. And then the Jewel Reg then are being able to fetch the reserves in. Mm -hmm. uh, and also possibly one of our players to dual reg with Super League side, which is which believes Reynolds gives them players that you know I could be playing Super League next year if yeah. I'm called upon. Mm -hmm. uh, that all adds to the 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 strength of what's happened at Featherstone. Then Connor Jones has been a revelation. Uh, you know he's uh, uh, we I'd, been, I'd looked at him about three years back at, at Castleford mm -hmm. to bring in as an understudy because he could play half back as well. So I kept my eye on him all the time. And uh, when he become available, mid, mid, I just said, let's get him on a flight, let's get him over there. Absolute top quality kid, really humble in what he does. And I'm sure he's got a massive future ahead of him. And your coach, how good's he been? He's been great. He's, uh, you know, he's, he's gone through a lot, mm -hmm. to be fair. Uh, it's, it's a rocky road sometimes when you come all that way. And uh, the fans expect success straight away. And, he, and the, the way he's conducted himself throughout, He's been impeccable and, uh, you know, whatever happens with Ryan, uh, he's going to be a top coach, I believe, later on. He's very young at 30 mm. and he's probably at the end of the season, he's probably, he'll probably look about 40. But he's been a great coach and he's been a calming influence and lads think world of him. I got a text off Dane Chisholm on Sunday night saying that he's the best coach he's ever been under and mm. a, lot of, a lot of players are saying that. The Leeds lads love him. Again, the, the Leeds have took him under the wing now and he's assisting Richard who thinks, you know, they think will do him at Leeds. So he's been a good acquisition to Featherstone, but I think he's been a good acquisition to rugby league in the UK in general. Craig, you're coaching now. Yeah, doing doing a little bit um, with Lot Lane. Um, just, again, just unexpected really. Um, my little boy plays there and I just nicked in to fill some forms in for, for his team. Um, and then, Paul Couchel there and obviously knew that I'd left Wakey and asked me what I was doing and if I want to help out and I, I gladly agreed. It's, it's not something that I really thought about doing or, or wanted to do really. Mm -hmm. um, but I just thought, you know, being in with lads and 
just keeping in rugby in general, um, just keeping keeping in. Uh, he's really good, and um, well, unfortunately, we've not won a game since. Um, <laughs> oh no! You know, shouldn't be mentioning the that. Dreaded, <laughs> the dreaded, um, but yeah, it's it's a good laugh. You know, they're sort of winding down back end of the season now. Um, they've only got a couple of games left, and they're safe in in the Premier. So um, I think the lads have sort of put you in racking, ready for the little trip away. Yeah, but yeah. It, it, it's a good laugh, and I'm enjoying doing it when I when I can get down. Well, after a short break, we'll ask Craig a bit more about what he's doing, plus Bradford Bulls and the Oddsall Farewell. We'll be right back. Welcome back to the final part of this week's Rugby League Back Chat. Before the break, Craig, I was uh, asking you about your coaching career that we, yep. we won't go into the results. <laughs> um, tell us a little bit about your year, because you were at Wakefield, you've left, so what have you been doing in between? Yeah, it's, it's been a little bit of a strange one, really. Um, worked hard all, all pre-season. Um, you know, to get back to fitness after a few knee problems last year and first game of the season against St Ellen's nine minutes in, it, it were over. Um, just unfortunate, I had a couple of surgeries and stuff, but um, ended up getting released after being told I won't, I won't play again this year and sort of next year we're all on playing again this year, which mm-hmm. we knew that that wasn't going to happen now. So it, it was probably best for both that, you know, we, we part ways and, and look, look at other options. So I've... I've just been sort of a couple of holidays and mm-hmm. um, I've started up a little um, prep meal business, just doing a bit of cooking. I've been been at college for the last year or so, um, doing a chefing mm-hmm. course. So, What about the rugby career? Are we, we're not putting an end to it yet, are we? No, definitely not. Um, there's still, I think, feel like I've still got a lot to give. Um, there's, still, there's still time. Mm-hmm. There's still a bit of running left in my legs. Um, just got to get this, this shoulder injury right and um, you know, I'm, I'm ready to go again next year. Um, I think I'm, I'm too young, if I'm honest, to retire, and I wanna, I wanna give a little bit more, um, and hopefully an opportunity might, might come round and, and go again. Super League or Championship, Greg? <laughs> <laughs> again, either or, Steve. It's, it's, I can see a bit of paper yeah. in his back pocket, <laughs> just ready to pull uh, it out. Either or. Um, I mean, at, at this moment in time, I'm not ruling out either. Um, but I think as I'm getting older, I need to start thinking about life after rugby as well. And um, obviously starting this little business venture going, um, you know, potentially part-time might be. Do you make a good bro? Because you never did as a player, mate. I think I, think <laughs> I do, yeah. Um, I've been told a couple of times, but if yeah. not, I'm making a good dinner. Ah, well. <laughs> hey, nice. hey, we talked about the championship earlier on. There was a time where people said it was a bit of a career graveyard mm. you go there and it's sort of the end of your career it doesn't seem like that's necessarily the case anymore no I think there's a lot of a lot of great talent in the championship especially young mm. and I think even I got to look at teams like Wigan and, and Warrington they've they've took a few from championship over the last couple of years and you know they've stepped up really well and, mm. and you know starting season even when they probably weren't expected to um, impress them in pre-season so I think nowadays it's more of a stepping stone go learn your trade a little bit more because um, it it's a little bit more physical isn't it, than the yeah. under-19s and you're playing against men every, every week in, week out. So I think it's definitely a, just a learning curve to, to get yourself. And I'm, I'm pretty sure if you win pressing championship, everybody's going to start watching you. And, and year after, you're probably in Super League. How is the shoulder? It's it's all right. It's not bad. It's definitely better than it was. Um, I had another surgery just to loosen it all back up. Mm-hmm. Um, which has massively helped me. Um, I've got full range of movement now again. Mm-hmm. So um, there's there's definitely um, a lot of rugby to be played still. Mm-hmm. 
Steve's ears pricked up. Did you say that? <laughs> I'd already spoke to him earlier about that, didn't I? And, uh, <laughs> Asked me about retirement. Yeah, it's uh, if you can stay in game, it's it's a good it's good for you. And you know, Craig, wherever he goes, will give a, you know he's got some leadership qualities there, and it will it will help whichever club he goes to if he decides to pull the boats back on again. I'm sure. You um, you're doing your own recruitment. How's it going? Happy? Yeah, very well. I I must admit the Featherstone fans have been superb. We we just launched a new squad builder. And we've about 170 members joined to pay £10 a month into that. And that's been massive to help us recruit some of the players. And we're hoping to, pardon the plug, but Thursday night we're hoping to announce one of his uh, first signings this year. So we're well down, well down way uh, in recruiting for next year. And I've uh, got another couple to bring in yet in terms of over and above what we have already signed, mm -hmm. which we'll be announcing due course, uh, respectfully with the, when the other clubs stop playing. And uh, so it's looking good at Featherstone for next year in terms of uh, the player and the strength of the squad. And if we don't make Super League this year, then uh, we'll be in a very good position for next year. I'm just trying to do the quick maths on 170 times 10 over the course of a year. It's a lot of money to go towards your squad that, that at championship level, isn't it? It is. And we, we, set, we set a stall out to get 200 <coughs> members by the end of this year. And, uh, you know, the, the, the squad builder group of Terry Milani, Alan Wilkinson and uh, ex-player ex Alan Rhodes have been really significant in, in doing that. And uh, they've, they've just jumped on board. The fans have been fantastic. You know, when Featherston fans and Cass fans laugh, forgive me for this, but there's no difference between the passion of the two clubs. Mm -hmm. uh, obviously, Cass have had the success. Featherston are working towards it. And, but when you speak to them, they're so passionate about the game and the knowledge of the game. And... Uh, I hope they don't take this wrong way, but you know, I, when I worked at Charleston Pit, when I walked in the canteen on a Monday morning, Cassett Plate fed the, the, the hostility between the two groups, mm -hmm. but it were all great banter. And uh, there's not much difference. There's not a stone throw away, and they will forgive me, I'm sure. <laughs> uh, there's, a, there's, a, there's a right distasteful, I get it all the time. When I first started at Featherstone, they did say, our horse that in from gas, in from gas. Mm -hmm. So it took about six months before actually people come up and start talking to me. So yeah, I, <laughs> prefer, I think Wakey's in, in that bracket as well, because yeah. Wakey's, I say, is exactly the same as Cass. The fans are, and I got that, calling me a Cass, whatever, <laughs> yeah. at first, and then slowly but surely they talked to me, and, and the fans were exactly the same as, yeah. as they were in Cass, as passionate and just love the game. Well, I'm not going to ask you, you about your issue, issue being a Cumbrian. It's all good. You're just neutral. You're just impartial. Everybody likes Cumbrians. Yeah, they're they're not they're yeah. You've got it easy. I'm not going to ask you what you're doing next year because I'll get in trouble. So we'll, uh, well, <laughs> well, these League Express rumours need to be quashed. That was my rumour. <laughs> don't, don't, don't talk me down. Uh, we're going to talk about Bradford. Last game at Odsall. Craig, you've played there many times. Mm -hmm. What What do you make of this whole situation uh to be honest i'm i'm not too sure about i've not read that much about it obviously i've seen a lot of pictures from ex-players on twitter and instagram and stuff like that over the last couple of days and i think it, it's quite sad isn't it me growing up bradford war the best team you know it's iconic in it and the stadium itself it, again it, it's just the whole thing of it is it's like a rugby league's losing one of the greats in it um and it, it is quite sad i think but it's got to, it obviously needs to happen mm -hmm. for them to stay. It's such a shame, isn't it? I mean, you, you'll have played there a few times. Yep. It's people can say what they want about it, but you don't forget playing there. No, no, it's a, it's a great ground, and I've seen has it got the record for the highest attended rugby league game yeah. like yeah. that. Was it Halifax Warrington? Yeah. Yeah. yeah, 
that's that's history right there, and it's and it's going to be sadly lost. Simple as that, and it's it's an awesome ground, and they have a great following Bradford, regardless of what's happened to them. And I think that's testament to the fans that they could, they've gone from the heights of Super League down to Champ One, then they've fought back in the Championship, and still those fans have come week in week out, and it's you know it's going to be tough for them to move ground, and it, it is a shame. Like Craig said, I saw a lot of ex-teammates, ex-players putting up that it was the last ground there, and it, it is sad to see. But I will t- I will tell you a story about Bradford. I think Craig might have played in this game at an academy game. Dean Sampson. What academy coach along with myself and Tony Marchant, and we played in a curtain raiser of the Bradford Bulls under 18s at time. And Leeds, Leeds were the visitors that day to Bradford, and it were record Super League attendance. Mm. I think Bradford won it in the last minute. It was an iconic game. Michael Withers didn't with Michael the Michael Withers, that's the one. And we were there playing curtain raiser, and all that bank were full of Leeds fans and Bradford, Bradford fans all around. And Leeds fans were cheering for Cass. We actually won that game. <laughs> and as an academy, it was the year we got relegated into. Yeah into uh, championship and we won that game and I, I can remember standing stood looking at all the crowd and that and thinking what would be my dream of seeing Cass get to where this is now and where they were you know what the quality and everything and I look at it now I mean I went back this year with Featherston the first game of the season it was freezing cold 2,000 fans things like that and I just think where's it all gone mm. and, I, I, and I put it down to spending on egos rather than spending with your head and that's that's where you look at it and look at Bradford this year and I looked at size of their squad compared to everybody else's this year and rumoured some of the money they paid and then the attendance is coming in and you just think you know there's a balance somewhere somebody's got to put that extra money in from somewhere where does it come from and you know slowly but surely you can, you can see the demise of it, of it happening and rumours coming out and, and things like that and you just you know, Bradford, Bradford Bulls should still be a Super League side, top five, week in, week out, playing at the highest level because they prove they can get the attendances, they can take the attendances away, which is really important. And like you said, they're iconic, or they was iconic. But times move on and people have got to change and people have got to start believing that, as we did at Cass, we can only spend what we can afford. Mm-hmm. And it's same here at Featherstone, we can only spend what we can afford. In, in your opinion, Steve, loads of rumours, loads of speculation. From what you know, in your opinion, what does the future hold for the Bradford Bulls? I don't look good at the moment in time. But I, I, you know, coming away from Bradford, I know the running costs is very high. You know, with the council, what they're playing, if they're playing RFL. Again, it's all rumours. Moving to Dewsbury, taking away Bradford Bulls into Dewsbury, and then coming back. Will they ever go back into Bradford? Maybe, but under a new regime. Okay. I think that's the way it will go. Uh, somebody will come in, hopefully, take them on and, and move them forward. But I think they've got some medicine to have before that happens. When, when you say that, what do you mean? Like, they've been through countless administrations. There's no suggestions right now that's going to be the case. Are we, but there are stories, there are concerns. Is there a belief in the game that that's going to happen again or, or not? Well, I don't read social media, so I don't mm-hmm. know, and I can only go on what's on League Express, which is or the rugby papers, which are pretty much the same anyway. They're based on rumours and innuendos. Uh, I hope not. I hope that you know that they're going to Jewsbury and they can build from there. But history tells you when they start moving uh, out of their uh, heartland into Bradford into into Jewsbury, whether it be one two years, you, you lose your identity with fans. Mm-hmm. And it's, it seems then a, a downward spiral. And I hope not for, not only for Bradford's sake, but for rugby league in general, that 
the rugby league, we cannot afford to lose a Bradford Bulls or a Bradford Nob or anything that will come back in. We cannot afford to lose that iconic name. Will, moving up to Cumbria, because you, you are our Cumbrian expert for the, I am. For the day. Um, missed out on the World Cup game with the stadium uh, mm. going to Kingston Park. How big a blow is that? Yeah, it's tough. One of my good friends, Joe, used to play for Workington and obviously I did a little bit of training up there when I was younger. And it, it is a shame because it is... I know, obviously, Lancashire and Yorkshire are traditionally the heartlands of rugby league, but Cumbria has a massive sort of rugby league fan base as well. So working in Whitehaven Barrow, there's where a lot you, of Where would you play it, Will? What, sorry? Where, which, which ground would you play it? It would. That was, it missed out in Workington, didn't it? Was it was going to go to the new ground that's been yeah. uh, being developed. Ah, right. Um, but it's not, it's fallen behind on time. It's not going to be ready for 2021, basically, which is why it's not going there. Because Workington had the Kiwis, didn't they, a couple of years ago? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. That was fantastic. I was at that game. Yeah. 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 Mm. And I think, like, like I said, there's such a passion for rugby in Cumbria and there's a lot of talent, but it comes, sometimes becomes a little bit of a little island kind of thing. Some people, you're just going to struggle to get people to come down to play down here because they like the roots, they stick to the roots. Mm. And that's nothing wrong. There's got some really strong amateur clubs up there that are very successful. You've got your Waff Brown, your Egremont, that are probably some of the top sides in amateur rugby league. And I think people like to stay there and they like to play for the for the clubs. And that's what their, their passion is. And Whitehaven, one yep. game away from promotion. I know mm -hmm. Barrow have gone down, which is a shame for them, but yep. Whitehaven should go up, shouldn't they? So that's good for them. And they have a local coach, Gary Charlie. Yeah, yeah. and I think the thing we're working in Whitehaven is they do have a lot of local players playing there as well, because it, they're going to struggle to attract players to come from Lancashire and Yorkshire because it's it's a long way, especially to Whitehaven and Workington. So it's great that they've got a lot of local players playing and they're having a lot of success. Mm -hmm. And I think it shows it's testament to Cumbria Rugby League that they are that they are being successful because and it just shows the quality of the players that are there. And I think potentially in the future a Super League side there would be great mm -hmm. for for the county. But at the same time they're not I can't see a merger between Whitehaven and Working from living up there. It's similar to Feven Cass. There is yeah. there is a rivalry there, and you tell yeah. Feven Cass to merge. I, I don't think that'd happen, and I don't think that'll happen either. What, sadly. What does the game need to do to show more love to Cumbria? Then Sean Lunt was talking about this the other week when he had him on the show, and he he was saying it's hard for players to get caught to get noticed. Yeah. What can we do in that regard, but also on a wider scale to help Cumbria out? Well, I. A lot of people, I do think, slip through the net. I do think they slip through the system because they're just not as watched. I think some of the Lancashire clubs, Warrington, Ultec, interesting. I know I see a few young kids leaving some of my old amateur clubs and going down to Warrington, but I just think there needs to be something in place. I was on part of the Cumbria Regional Academy, and that's the reason I'm here today. That's why I went to Casper. That's, that's not a thing anymore. And so it just makes it harder and harder for people to get noticed when there's no programmes really in place sort of at that 16, 17, 18 where for late developers and for people that aren't quite good enough to get on academies to kind of have an environment where they can progress in and they can still sort of get used to being in that full-time training, can still get the school work done, can still get the gym work done, can still keep the skills honed and highly polished ready for someone to come calling for them. Mm -hmm. And I think that's what they need. They need some form of academy system, some form of pathway mm -hmm. to come through. And that if that quality is there, then people will notice, but they do need that pathway just to produce the goods, really. Craig, just to wrap this up, we've only got a short amount of time. Uh, it's been a few weeks now, but reserve grade back. Yep. And I think you've been a champion of it before. Yeah, I, I like it, you know. Um, when when I was 16, 17, on, on sort of border of first team, um, I didn't really play many under 18s game. I always played under 21s, which were basically your reserve. Mm -hmm. um, and I benefited massive just from playing, playing against older 
um, tougher kind of men. Barry was, Mack. Yeah, people who was <laughs> coming back into first team who were injured. Um, so yeah, I'm a massive fan. Excellent. Well, that's all we've got time for, gents. It uh, has gone very quickly. As ever, a big thanks for watching this week's show and a big thanks to our guests, Will, Craig and Steve. That's all we've got time for on this week's show. We'll be back next week for another edition. But for now, goodbye. Rugby League Back Chat is sponsored by TotalRL.com.